You're listening to the Go-Getter Podcast. I'm your host, Candice Janae, founder and CEO of Epic Fab Girl, a community helping Christian women entrepreneurs build profitable brands and grow their faith. Whether you're just getting started or you already have an established brand, this podcast will drop gems, bringing you tips and strategies from experts to teach you how to build, grow, and monetize your business with God at the center of your life. Let's jump right in to today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Go-Getter Podcast. My name is Candice Janae, your host, and I am so excited to be interviewing Arian Simone today. She is an amazing entrepreneur with such a phenomenal story. I feel like I'm always learning new things about her, uh, but it's an honor for us to be having her on this platform. So today we're talking about gaining capital for your business. I know this is one of the number one things so many new entrepreneurs are needing help with and budding entrepreneurs are needing help with. So you guys are in for such a great time and tons of information. So welcome to the podcast, Arian. Oh, thank you, Candice. Thank you for having me here. I'm, I'm honored to be here and to share the information that I have myself with your audience. It's truly a joy. Thank you. So I would love for you to just tell us a little bit about your journey to entrepreneurship and how you got started with what you're currently doing? Oh, Lord. Okay. I'm trying to figure out the cliff note version to this one, just in your journey and how you got to entrepreneurship and doing what I'm doing now. First and foremost, I'm born and raised Detroit, Michigan, and I love business. I have loved business since I was a little girl. I always wanted to be a businesswoman. Um, one of my partners, Keisha Knight Pulliam, she always says that I probably would have showed, sold my mother's placenta coming out the womb had I known that I had a market for it. <laughs> well, with that being said, I in high school, I had a concentration, which was business as well, too. I went to a high school that offered probably about 30 to 40 different concentrations. And I was basically majoring in business as a kid. And then I went on to Florida A&M University where I majored in their five-year MBA program. So I was back to majoring in business again. And while I was in college, I started a mall-based retail store. Yes, a store in the mall as a college student, 2,500 square feet at that. So that's even bigger than, you know, the average home. So 2,500 square feet. And with that being said, I had to raise capital in order to open the store, I had to purchase inventory. I had to had startup costs, setup costs. And it's so funny how I even got into the space of doing it. I was paying my utility bill one day in person and I saw a sign to the right and it said business licenses. And I said, oh, I need, I'm going to start my store. So let me go grab one of those. That's just literally how it happened. After I grabbed this business license, I then went back to my apartment, started drafting up a business plan. Now, today, people call them decks because they're a little bit more abbreviated. And I was out on my way. So I started to raise capital for this mall-based retail store, ended up raising low six figures. I was able to open the store, but I remembered what that process of raising capital was like, and I didn't really care for it. One, I didn't have anybody that looked like me to go and pitch to. 
And before we opened, I was sitting on the floor at the grand opening. I'm talking hangers around me, everything. And I said, you know what, Arian? One day you're going to be the business investor that you were looking for. And I am walking and living in the manifestation of that promise that I made to myself at 21. From there, over time, um, this is a few years before I graduated. So close the shop, graduate. I moved to Los Angeles, California with the job working for Nelly's Apple Bottoms. I actually was just like, you know what? Entrepreneurship has all these ups and downs. I'm not dealing with it. And went to go work for somebody and only ended up working there for 30 days because the company was being sold to an entirely different company and they were getting rid of all the staff. And I said, you know what? How did I leave entrepreneurship (laughs) that I thought was unstable to go and be in a more even even more unstable situation. So worked Nelly's Apple Bottoms, like I said, 30 days, placed product on Jessica Simpson, Tyra Banks, even Oprah Winfrey. I thought I had made it. When they told me it was time to go because they were selling the company and everybody had to leave, I was like, this has got to be impossible. I'm like, you're a rock star employee. Like, what? So I had to face reality, um, went back to my apartment, and over time, I actually just ran out of money. Parents were in a divorce case at the time, they didn't have any cash to send, and I said, you know what, I'll have to just figure this out. I got a notice on my door, and it said, pay rent or quit. And I said, well, ooh, I guess I'm going to have to quit, because I got nothing to pay you with. So I quit. I moved from my apartment to my car with all my belongings. My mom's best friend put my furniture in storage. She paid for it. And I said, I'll just figure out life. You guys, I was selling my clothes just so I could eat and put gas in the car and food in my mouth. And it's so crazy because I grew up middle class. So I never really expected this to happen to me. But it was definitely a very humbling experience that taught me some very key principles in life that I keep heart very close to my heart and near and dear to me today. So I went from, um, when I say the apartment to my car, selling my clothes, I'm on welfare, food stamps. State of California has this thing called general relief where you can like just walk in there like, I need relief. (laughs) And I was just like, I I said, what's general relief? They're like, we'll give you $250 if you say you need relief. I said, I need relief. (laughs) Like, give it to me now. Girl, yes. I was like, give it to me now. So they gave me general relief. But you do have to commit that you'll look for a job if you accept the general relief. But I, I was like, I'm not trying to stay in your system. I said, of course I'm looking for a job. I'm looking for whatever. And over time, um, Candace, you've heard me share this story many times. So and I'm I love to... it every time. I always oh, gosh. find out new parts. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, the, that's the first time ever I explained the whole general relief thing. Something my spirit just said, explain what that was. But um, I learned some key principles. And I ended up sleeping on the girl's floor. Her name's Prashel Oboyo. And... She was working at Apple Bottoms too. And she's saying, I heard you at your car. Come stay with me on my, on my floor. I said, your floor? She said, well, there's one bedroom. It's taken up by Reggie. And the other one was her and her boyfriend. It was two bedrooms and like 800 square feet in the hood. So I was like, oh, okay, I get you now. <laughs> there's no room, but you want to help me. I'm here for it. I said, well, I don't have you know any immediate cash for rent at this moment, but I am on food stamps and I don't mind cooking. So that was my contribution, of course, to the household. And it was a lot of activity because Reggie was cutting hair out of his room and 
her and her boyfriend in another room. And I said, this is very small quarters, but we were happy at the end of the day and we were making the best out of the situation. And one morning I got up and I told her I was having fun. I realized what my situation was and I made a very intentional effort that despite situation or circumstance, I was going to enjoy life. Like the fact that this happened to me does not dictate that I can't enjoy my life. And I got up one morning and I told her I was going to the BET Awards and she said, oh, that's wonderful. How awesome. And she said, who gave you tickets? I said, nobody. She said, well, Ariane, you know, this is a ticketed event. How, how are you going? I said, oh, girl, I'm going to walk the red carpet like the celebrities. She was like, oh, she's nuts. Get down to the show. My girlfriend keeps going from like door to door. I'm like, oh, she's about to blow up our spot. We probably can get hauled off by the police. I said, that's not how this is going to work. She said, well, how is this going to work? I said, I already told you we're going to walk the red carpet like the celebrities. I just need you to stay focused. So all of a sudden down by the carpet, I hear this man say, Arian. I was like, oh, girl, that's our cue. Come on. Yes. So get down by the carpet. And he's sharing all these stories, but I didn't remember him at first. And then I was like, okay, by context clues, we went to college together. We know some of the same people. I'm like, okay, I'm playing it off like I do know exactly who you are. He said, yeah, I just signed with Usher. Um, You guys can walk in with us. I'm like, cool. Ended up walking in. Usher is like racing when he gets to the carpet. So he's just grabbing our hands. We're just running down this carpet. And the paparazzi is like, who's the girl in the white dress? Who's the girl in the white dress? And I'm like, it's me. It's me. Because I was waiting for that moment to walk that carpet and get into this award show. Long story short, we end up getting in there. They're like, we wish we had seats um, to sit with us. I said, oh, no worry. I said, oh, there's our seats right there. I saw two empty seats next to G-Unit. And we ended up staying there the entire show. But I don't tell that story just to say, oh, I'm just having fun. I'm going against the grain. I'm sneaking into award shows. No, I tell that story to hone in on a very important principle that I did learn at this time in my life is that you need to act as if something is already done. When you are going after your goals, when you are going after your dreams, you need to act right now that it is already done. And all of your actions need to be in alignment with the end result. I got up that morning convinced I was going to this award show. I put on my makeup. I put on the dress. I was convinced. I never had a wavering thought or doubt in my mind that this was not going to happen. I stayed focused on the goal the entire time and the doors opened up for me. I am an avid believer that the world gets out its way for people who know where they are going. I was convinced. So that's why I tell that story is truly just to hone in on the principle to act as if it is already done. It does not matter if the money's not in the account. It does not matter if things are not in order. When you start walking in it, God will see your diligence. He will see your dedication. He will see your discipline and he will shine his favor upon you. I am a very avid believer of that. And I also will you know what? Because I can go on a tangent because I'm starting to preach. Let me stay focused on the question and the task at hand. <laughs> Ma'am, preach what you need to because no. I already got chills when you said that I am an avid believer that the world gets out of the way for those who know where they are going. That yes. is deep. Yes. Yes. Because where there is no vision, the people perish. As long as you have vision, 
girl, don't even get me started. I'm telling you right now, it's happening on Monique I'm, Live the other day. I mean, it, I, I think that even what you're sharing now, because I asked the question of like, how did you go from where you were yeah, and I'm, I'm to where you are now? Point. I know you're going to get there, but I think the beautiful part of it is that you said that when you had that experience, looking at them hangers, being like, okay, one day I'm going to be the investor. That Like you had to see that to be existing in the space that you're in now. And I know from experience, I have seen you in action create platforms for other Black women to get funding for their business ideas. And I, I see how major that is for people. And the fact that you are literally investing money, actual money into these businesses, like that is major, but you had to see it first. So I'm just shook on that part. Ooh, and, and that is so key because when you talk about vision, and I want to hone in on the word provision, because we hear this taken lightly that, okay, if you have a vision that provision is provided, it is true, but I really want to break it down in the most elementary sense of the term. Provision, if you separate the word, it's pro-vision. When something is pro-something, it's for something. If something is con-something, it's against something. So the word provision is just what is poor, I mean pro, for the vision. So when you have a vision, people will be attracted to your vision and that's how provision, what's pro the vision is provided. When I started the Fearless Fund, it was nothing but my vision. My promise I made to myself as a 21-year-old woman and the vision that was just in my mind that now millions of dollars have poured into a vision. A vision. That's all it was, was me communicating my vision. And that's it. And provision was provided. But I'm going to backtrack because I don't even know where I left off in this story. Snuck into the BT words. We're going to fast forward some. So I'm still living out the car. Porchelle has to move out of her place, back to the car. But somewhere along the line, somebody sought me out to do some PR and marketing work for, and they noticed my work at Apple Bottom. So I, I highly encourage people to always operate in the spirit of excellence. I was only there for 30 days, but somebody noticed my work and they said, hey, can you come do some work for my spouse, some PR and marketing work for their business? I was like, Sure. But had they said, hey, can you come and clean our toilets? I would have said, sure. Had you, can you come paint our, our walls? I would have said, sure. I would have ended up with a painting business or a janitorial business. Whatever they were asking for is what was about to happen. They just happened to ask for PR and marketing. And they referred me to somebody who referred me to somebody who referred me to somebody. And I looked at them. I had like five to seven projects going on in like two weeks. So I literally go from the car to living out of an office space. And while I'm living out of the office space on 5900 Wilshire, I'm on the 26th floor. Steve Harvey has his morning show on the 19th floor. So it's all these celebrities coming in and out the door. So every morning I'm showering at LA Fitness on the bottom floor, asking security to tip me off to who's in the building. And I'm just networking. Every single morning I am seizing every opportunity that exists in my pathway. From there, I was able to build a very large Rolodex and Coach Carter from the movie Coach Carter found me sleep on the office floor one night and he hired me on the spot for his film that he was working on, which was the Paramount movie, like I said, named after himself, Coach Carter. But he wasn't the thing. He was like the thing that led to the thing because I said, wait, 
if you guys at this studio outsource people for PR and marketing for movies, that means all of the studios do. So I called Rob Hardy and Will Packer. They're known in the film industry now, but at this time they had not made a name for themselves just yet. And they're like, Erin, we're gearing up for our first big theatrical release. Your timing can be more perfect. And I said, oh, really? What is it? They were like, it's a movie called Stomp the Yard. You'll love it. So I ended up working this film and it becomes number one, two weekends in a row, which is a very rare success rate. We were like the third urban film in history to do so. So I was like, great. Well, it started the phone ringing because while Disney like, what agency did you guys use? We want to talk to them. Universe was like, what agency was that? We want to talk to them. And I ended up with all the pretty much the major studios in Hollywood's clients servicing PR and marketing for films from Robert De Niro's Limitless to Will Smith's Hancock to Kevin Hart's Ride Along to, I mean, you name it, James Bond, Crime of Solace, and the list goes on. And over time, um, I started a platform called Fearless. And at that time, it went from a magazine to conferences to inspiring women of color that are entrepreneurial based. And with that being said, and just I would just say women of color in general, from your personal life, your faith walk to your lifestyle, everything. And I said, Arian, you're going to have to evolve this somewhere because you remember the promise you made to yourself at 21. You have a heart for females. You have a heart for entrepreneurship. And I started getting more involved in the venture capital community. And that's when I started learning about the alarming disparities and statistics that Black women receive 0.0006% of venture funds. And I'm tired of even having to repeat that statistic. That's just disgusts me. And I can't wait till this needle moves. But the reality is billions of dollars are going to, it's going to take billions to move this needle. So we need as many people on this path as possible. But I learned that it wasn't just a lack of diverse investments. It was a lack of diverse investors. On the other side of the table, the industry is 80% white male. So we need as many minorities to become investors as possible to help out our cause if we're going to affect change in this area. And I set out to go get SEC regulated, securities attorneys, got partners on board, got advisors on board, investment um, committee on board. And here we are, the Fearless Fund. We invest in women of color businesses, pre-seed, seed, series A, in the industries of CPG, consumer packaged goods, beauty, tech food and beverage um, are areas of focus. We cut check sizes from 150,000 to 500,000 are our average check sizes. We thought we were going to have a $5 million concept fund, which um, that's what we started out with last year, which turned into a $20 million to upwards of 25 million target fund um, as of recent due to so much civil unrest around black equity in current events. So a lot of corporations said, you know what, we're going to have to make some changes and we're going to have to invest in these areas and we need to make a difference here. So we have PayPal as a lead investor, Fifth Third Bank is an investor, Invest Atlanta, our actual city of Atlanta invested in us and a host of so many others. Um, Amazing portfolio companies. The Black women right now are the most founded entrepreneurial demographic and the least funded. But what that does tell somebody is that from a standpoint of an investor, that is the largest untapped talent pool that exists, meaning you're not going to find more talent than you're going to find there that's worth investing in. So if the only color people are looking at is green, it's worth the investment. It's so good. 
Arian, I know you took a long time to to share your story and answer that question, but I enjoyed every bit of it. And I think it was so necessary because I think it really shifted us to seeing your story, like you said, from a place of vision. Like you started out as someone who didn't expect to struggle, you know, with the experience that you experienced straight out of college. And then you had a vision and you kept pushing with a new vision every time. And I just love how God just like the the word that God had shown me this year was just alignment, like how God just begins to align all the things necessary for our calling, for our purpose, for our destiny. So I love, love, love the fact that you shared that story. I know in a little bit, we're going to get into just a few more things specifically about the investment world and the investment space. But before we do that, I want to kick it off with one of my favorite segments, which is the getting to know this go-getter segment. Okay, so... <laughs> Um, So it's a really rapid fire game. All you have to do is just answer these like very quickly and share the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, gosh. Okay, go ahead. It'll be good. Okay, so coffee or tea? Oh, tea. Cook dinner or order in? Cook dinner. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) I see all your stories. I'm like, that looks good. (laughs) Um, Late nights or early mornings? Early mornings. Impact or income? Impact. Physical Bible or Bible app? I'm so both. Um, I guess I'll say Bible app, but I am. I'm, I still have my Bible at my nightstand. Yeah. And then work hard or play hard? This phase of my life, play hard. <laughs> yes. I love it though, because we deserve to play hard, especially when we work so hard. I think so many times we can get caught up not enjoying the journey and not enjoying life. So I appreciate that. And so tell us, I know you say you have your Bible at your nightstand. Tell us what is your favorite Bible verse like right now or something that's resonating with you the most during this season? I have so many favorite Bible verses, but blessed is she. Ah, Luke 145. What is it? Blessed is she who knew that the Lord would keep his promises to her. I got to see which version it is. Ma'am, that is one of my favorites. Yes. Blessed is she who believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Yeah, that's good. I think it speaks for itself. I think it speaks for itself as to why we know it's your favorite right now or just in life in general. And so let's transition the conversation to talking about the go-getter conversation about capital. So I know today we're talking about gaining capital for your business. And I think we hear these words a lot. um, And then we hear, you know, kind of what you said with what you do with, you know, see, like we hear all these words that we may not understand. Cause for me, I'm like, I went to business school and even in those classes, I kind of just glossed over all the terms. <laughs> so I'm like, can you tell us, you know, what is capital and what does this venture capital space actually look like when you say that you help, you know, entrepreneurs out at different stages? Yeah. And I'll do it just from a very elementary standpoint. Um, Cause you're right. And not even that, I don't think that they're teaching, at least I know well, I haven't been in business school in years, um, but I don't know if that's being taught necessarily. There's, I don't know if there's like a startup class or a VC class. They have some, but it's very high level. Like it's yeah. super high level. I said they may have now, but I know back then it wasn't. And I, I got an MBA, like I went through five years. Well, not well, almost five years, but yeah. And even my partner, Ayana Parsons is part of our MBA program too. But just from a very basic level, venture capital is where people literally invest money into startups or growth companies in exchange for equity or ownership. So 
I give you however much money. You say, I'm willing to sell you back however much ownership of your business for that amount of money. That's as basic as it gets. And I like for that to be clear because so often people may think venture capital is like the bank. It is not the bank. Venture capital is very unique in that we're the people who are funding the Facebooks and the Airbnbs of the world. Companies that grow very quickly at an aggressive rate that need an infusion of capital. So when we're looking at companies, sometimes people are looking at funding, right? And you don't always need venture capital. Your business may not be on a run rate to grow and scale at a rapid rate. And that is okay. You don't need venture funds for that. Because the last thing you want is somebody who gave you this inflection of capital wondering what just happened. You're not moving at the rate we thought you were. That is okay. There's nothing wrong with a healthy business that's around like 5 million, 10 million every year. And that's just what you do. That's what you like. That's where you want to stay. That's not the kind of business that we would necessarily invest in because the life cycle of a venture fund, the average life cycle is 10 years. So our goal is to get these businesses in, infuse the capital, have them grow and scale at a very rapid rate and see them exit. That looks a little bit different than if you go to the bank and you just need money for cash flow management and you just want to be able to pay it back off with interest. That's not how this works. Um, So there's options that you have for financing for like bank loans. There's options that you'll see for grants, which you don't have to pay anything back. And then there's options that you'll see for venture. So it's just very important that you know the difference between all of them, because sometimes people may need money, but that doesn't mean you need venture funds. I love that the conversation went here early on, because I always try to tell my audience this is that venture capital is not for everyone at every stage. And so how do you determine, like, if, if you were to tell a woman, like, what are the things they should look at to say, hey, I need venture capital versus I should stick to going to the bank or raising capital on my own? Well, first and foremost, you always want to build your business with the end in mind. We're looking at businesses that will have an exit or acquisition, meaning you're already building your business to be bought out by whatever the big conglomerate is. That's also where we get our returns to our investors, one of the ways. So you want to be mindful if that's not your case, then venture is definitely not what you're looking for. You may just need somebody to front a purchase order and you pay them back with interest. You may just need, like I said, money for cash flow management in your service business. The typical venture startup, whether they're pre-rev or already have existing revenue, they're on a runway to at least be around 20 million in the next couple of years. Meaning if they have the right capital, that's where their revenue would fall. That's like a clue in, oh, you need venture capital in order to help you grow and scale your business very quickly. And you already have in mind that you want to be bought out by this large conglomerate. And that's what this looks like. Got it. I I think that's very clear. And I want to say, you know, I think when we hear venture capital, we hear about, you know, pitching your business. And so can you talk to us about like, what does it look like to pitch and what are some kind of questions that women should be prepared to answer when they are pitching? Oh, that's good. First, I do want to say the thing that's going to get any investor's attention is a good brand story and great traction. So the second that you're able to tell your story from a great place of storytelling, and then you're able to prove your traction, you've got somebody's attention. And what I mean by traction can be in different ways. If you're pre-rev, your traction may look like 
you have 10,000 users already on your platform or you have however many emails for your community, your traction may look different based upon per person. Um, we typically look at companies that have already revenue generated 100,000 for the year as a minimum. But honestly, a lot of the businesses we invest in, they've already been in millions before they even got anybody on their cap table. And their cap table means, of course, well, it means they're investors that are investing in their business. And I would definitely say that's key. Brand story, your traction. When you're pitching, the questions that you need to be prepared for are going to be about the marketplace. What percentage of the market do you plan to garner? Um, are going to be about your competition. First and foremost is going to be about the problem that you're solving. Every business that is in business is solving a problem in the, problem in the marketplace. Another question you're going to definitely see is, of course, how much you're raising. Where is this money going to be allocated? And what are your projections in that space? And how much equity are you willing to give up to receive that, that capital that you're requesting? No different than what you've seen on Shark Tank. Try to think anything else that's like a key question that I know would stand out. Of course, who's on your team, how your team has been built, where your resources lie. But yeah, those are just a few. Yeah, I think that's a really great start. I know I personally sat and watched one of the pitch competitions that you had for the Fearless event. And I just love, first of all, like you said earlier, Black women have so many ideas. They're always launching mm -hmm. new things. And I know recently I saw that Range Beauty uh, got a fund or got funded by you guys. And I just remember watching her, you know, at the Fearless Facebook event. And I was just blown away. And just to watch her story and then to see how you guys are actually investing in these really great ideas. I just, I feel like I learned so much just from listening to the questions that were asked. And, you know, I'm saying these ladies were ready, okay? They showed up ready, okay? So I would love to know what, like, I know you hear a lot of pitches. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see women make when they're pitching? Other than, of course, like not being confident, right? Yeah, I would say when you have to keep deferring so much. And what I mean by that is some people just like to stay in their lane, which is good. But when you're pitching, you need to sound so well-versed on every area of your business. Like, it's not good to get up and say, well, I'm just a creative, but you know nothing about the numbers. You know nothing about anything. Like, that's fine if you don't work in that area. It's fine if you're leaning into your strengths. But if you are presenting something, I need to have the assurance that you're aware of what's going on in your business. So it's not good enough for you to be like, oh, we've made millions of dollars, but I don't know anything about that stuff. You want to make sure that everything is not a defer. Like, okay, one time, we'll let it go. Two, three, four, it's just like, wait a minute, do you know your business? Because you want me to be, buy into you and believe in you, but now you keep deferring so much to the next person where I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. I need you to, even if you don't work in it, just know about what's happening, please. I would probably say that's just the biggest one. But back to what you were saying, even about Range Beauty, what I'm so proud of with Alicia Scott is her diligent. Because though you saw her pitch at Facebook, you didn't know that she pitched at Spanx the year before. Oh, wow. So that was her, when she won the other day, that was her third time pitching to us. So good. She has been on that journey for a minute and her attitude was positive after her losses. 
every time. And I saw it on after her, her losses. Man, so good. And I, I think that's a really major point even to pay attention to for the audience is that, you know, even when you pitch and when things don't go your way, that the alignment is going to come and that that's just further development, right? And she finally got to that place where she pitched and she was able to be awarded that. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love that piece about diligence and really just not giving up on the vision, right? And so I know with the Fearless Fund, you are specifically helping women prepare to start pitching and to get the venture capital that they need. Can you talk to us about like what you're doing with that and how if someone who's listening wants to, you know, get the help they need to start pitching the right way, like what you're doing for that? Excellent. Our Get Venture Ready program that kicks off in January of 2021 has masterclasses in areas to help women of color get ready for their businesses. This course does have a fee, but when you spread it out over the duration of 12 months, it's under $100 a month. So just know that this is an annual fee you're paying for, not like a one-time fee. And it's more than worth it. We have over, oh God, somewhere between 12 to 15 plus or upwards of that um, guest masterclass teachers in this program. Just to get in one of these people's programs alone, probably just for a day is more than this. In addition to that, um, there are pitch workshops. Shelly, she's one of our pitch coaches. She was even at the Facebook headquarters that day helping the ladies in the back. She will be helping women get their pitches honed in on. Um, in addition to that, there's we go over just your legal governance. Some people aren't even set up legally properly in order to receive the investment. So from corporate governance to product market fit to how to build your, what we call an MVP, a most or minimal viable product, just so that you have something to go to market with. We take you through it all, though. We want you out there and ready. I love this. And to be honest, what's so interesting about the fact that you started this Venture Ready program is I remember sitting in the audience at the Fearless event at Facebook and thinking like, I feel like some people in the room are a little confused about what this is about to look like, about what it means to pitch Um, about what questions they need to answer. And I'm like, I feel like someone needs to be teaching about how to do this right. And who better than you to come up with a program, okay? (laughs) Telling us exactly how to get this money that is being given out. And I just, I am so grateful and appreciative because that's one of the questions my audience asks all the time is about capital. And I, um, I always try to let them know to do what they can with what they have right now to build Uh, before they start pitching so that they can show that they can, you know, go to that next level and take that investment to the next level. So now that we're done with the questions about um, just raising capital, I want to transition to our getting or our go-getter empowerment segment. And this is really about um, just a little bit more about your personal journey as well as um, just empowering the other uh, women who are listening. And so I know you've encountered so many obstacles across your, uh, throughout your journey, but what role has faith in God played in that? That's an understatement. It plays every role in everything for me. My faith is my foundation. It's foundational to anything I do, big or small, whether it's work or non-work. I am an avid believer. I'm a Christian woman and I believe (laughs) In the word of God. So for me, it's like I say, it's just foundational. I stand on the scriptures. I recite them. Not that it's a requirement by any means to come work for us, but there are a lot of Christians, of course, that are employed and 
and we touch and agree when things are looking like it may be a challenge, we will definitely go into prayer. I fast. <laughs> I sew. I um I am serious about the fact that I believe that we are Jesus's hands and feet in the earth and here to do his work. I am serious about the fact that um that God lives in me. I'm serious about so much. I'm convicted and convinced like you just can't you can't sway me on this one. <laughs> and it is for me it's it's very much so foundational. I watch miracles in God's hand on my life and my business every day. And I'm grateful for every blessing. So good. I feel like you need to be on somebody's stage preaching, but (laughs) um, I would love to know who is inspiring you right now. Like who are some powerful women um, that you think other go-getters should be paying attention to right now? This is so weird. I'm going to say this name and I don't even follow this person too heavy, but it's Melody Hobson. And she's definitely somebody in this space. Um, that's like a tycoon <laughs> in the investment space. But I don't know why her name just came to my head when you asked me that. Because I'm like, I would have normally not said that guy. What made just what made that? But she's definitely somebody who's a giant in this space. I'm meeting with a woman by the name of Phyllis Newhouse coming up, who's another person that invests in, you know, more of a nine-figure space. Our One of our advisors, Tracy Gray, Black woman, $100 million fund, 22 fund. Um, So, yeah, those are like some people who are more so in this space. Overall would be, you know, the answers that everybody has. The Michelle Obamas, the Kamala Harris's and all of that. But, yeah, those are people in this space definitely to look out for. I love it because I think you created a list of very specific people in that industry that we should be paying attention to that I had never heard of and I'm going to look into as well. Um, And you know, at Epic Fab Girl, we value community and collaboration over competition. And so what would you say is the power of connecting with other like-minded women entrepreneurs of faith for you? I know you're surrounded by amazing Mm -hmm. women. So I would love to hear that. It's support. Energy for me is a very big thing. It cannot be created or destroyed. It's just transferred from one matter to another. So the energy you surround yourself has a lot to do with what you are producing out here from day to day. So as you know, we are on a prayer call on Monday together. (laughs) Candace and I are on the same prayer call. Um, And I am. I'm surrounded by some amazing women, just amazing women of God that on fire for the Lord, but, you know, just running their businesses at its ultimate and ultimate state. Just for me, having that circle, there is just not to be so biblical though, but there is definitely safety in the multitude of counsel. And when you equip yourself that way and you surround yourself by that, it's, it's hard to fall. It's hard to fail. You're kind of insulated to just succeed. That's so good. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's so good because it's like when we fall to places where we don't have answers and just being able to have godly counsel around us, like that is so, so important. And so what do you tell the woman who is, whether she's just getting started or she's getting ready to launch out and do her next big thing, or maybe she's getting ready to pitch. What do you tell the next, the woman who's afraid of starting and going after her next big thing? I would tell them to ask them what their five-year-old self would do about it. Because their five-year-old self seriously didn't have fear. That's so true. It is so true. Fear is a learned behavior. 
And it's something that the world has projected on you after being here for some time. But the two-year-old you would have went after it with no hesitation, would have jumped in the pool whether you knew you could swim or not. So I would tell them to ask them what their younger self would say and ask them, okay, if I take this move, how would my younger self even be proud of me? I think that's such a great strategy and approach. And I, I often think about that when it comes to my requests of God, because I have like young nieces and nephews. And when I look at their boldness of like, asking for whatever they want, I'd be like, oh, like you don't even realize you don't have it, but you think I have access to it. So you're going to ask for it. And so I think that's so good. And I carry that over in my relationship with God. And I know you're one of the people who, like you said, in this season, you are playing hard. So I would love to know what do you do for fun and for self-care? Because I think so many times we can look at other go-getters and be like, they're just working, working, working. But we need to be playing too. So what do you do for self-care and for fun? This term self-care has become, to me, somewhat so trendy. So the answer that you hear, people say, I go to the spa, I get my nails done, feet done. I'm going to do that regardless. Self-care for me is more so soul care. It's the time I take out in the morning to be still. My self-care is my time and my meditation, my time going through all the things that I am grateful for in this life. I may just track the whole entire year. I mean, what have you been grateful for all year? That's like my self-care for me. Um, I may just have like, like right now I'm doing like even, I'm in a, um, like a, one of those like self-development courses. My self-care doesn't look like the, go get pampered type of self-care, which don't get me wrong, it, it needs to happen. I do that all the time, but my self-care for me is more so just soul care. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, Candy. I was just saying, I think that's a whole word. Like soul care is self-care. Like, yes, yeah. most definitely. And for fun, even though it's COVID, I do love to travel, but I can say that there's so many things that people can do right now. And I've even posted on social media, just like a list of activities whether it's camping or golfing or nature walks or um, making a bonfire in the backyard and having s'mores. You know, every, uh, every adversity brings opportunity. I have done more new activities probably in this season than before. So be mindful of that. But yeah, new activities, traveling and adventure, that, that's my fun all the time. Awesome. And so as we start to wrap up, um, what does it mean for you to be a go-getter? Oh, gosh. It, to be a go-getter means that you go at something full speed ahead without doubt, without fear, or that, I wouldn't say without doubt or fear, that if that exists, that you move past it. Go-getter means that I have to get to the end of my goal. That's so good. I love asking that question because everybody has a different, different re answer. response, but it's always so good. And so I have so enjoyed having this conversation with you today. I have learned a lot. I know that a lot of the women have learned so much. And I am so excited for what you're doing with Venture Ready uh, because it's so needed and so necessary. And even if you think about how I just see God transitioning so much wealth in the next few years and being positioned for it. I'm just so excited for that. So how can we stay connected with you moving forward? And do you have any final words for the audience. But you said it's so key being positioned for it. Because when you position, I'm telling you, when you're, it's not just good enough to be in the right place at the right time. You have to be the right person in the right place at the right time. 
So you want to be positioned for it. Like I said before, act as if it is already done. Um, people can keep in contact with me. I'm on social media at Arian Simone on all my handles. The fund is at fearless.fund on social media, especially Instagram. But the website is www.fearless.fund. And you can see the Get Venture Ready program is up there as well, too. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this. And to our go-getters in the audience, if you love this episode as much as I did, I want you to do me a favor and leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast you're listening to this on. I know Arian dropped some gems that aren't often come across. So make sure you guys share um, and leave a review of how this has impacted you personally. So Thank you guys. As always, we love you guys. We're praying for you and we can't wait to see you and chat with you at our next episode. If you like this week's episode of the Go-Getter podcast, I know you'll love connecting with us and other Go-Getters across the globe in our Go-Getter Confidential Click at gogettermembership.com. This is the premier membership community and resource for Christian women entrepreneurs to connect, build profitable brands, and grow their faith. Whether you're just starting out with an idea and you want to learn how to properly build your brand, or you've already started your business and want to capture the right audience and increase sales for your business, the Go-Getter Confidential Click can help you level up your faith, business, and income. The Go-Getter Confidential Click features online trainings to help you build, grow, and monetize your brand, live masterclasses taught by industry experts, live Q&A sessions aimed at helping you get your most pressing business questions answered, powerful prayer calls that will ignite, inspire, and uplift you, and a super supportive community of faith-based women who want to see you win. We know entrepreneurship isn't easy, so the Go-Getter Confidential Click is the place where you belong alongside Christian women entrepreneurs who want to become more fearless, grow their influence, and make more money. Join today at gogettermembership.com and save 50% off your first month when you use code GOGETTERPODCAST at checkout. We'll see you inside.